Hey, everybody, and welcome to season two of the All About Everest podcast. And I'm your host, Pauline Reynolds Nuttall. On this podcast, you can get anything and everything about Mount Everest, including interviews, book recommendations, tips, updates, and a whole lot more. So welcome to the spring 2023 Everest climbing season. And here we go. Hello, all you wonderful listeners. I get asked two questions a lot of the time. The first question I get asked is, how do I find the time to get outside so much when I am so busy? And the second question I get asked a lot is, how can people get outside more? I started podcasting, writing, and blogging because I was super passionate about helping people get outside and enjoy the great outdoors, regardless of where they were at physically, where they lived, their financial means, their health. And so because I've been getting asked those questions a lot more lately, I decided to start the free five-day get outside more challenge. It'll be a rolling challenge. It starts the second Monday of each month. Currently open to enrollment. You can find the link in the episode description. I hope to see you guys there again. It's absolutely free. And did I mention that there's going to be homework prizes? Come spend five days with me and help improve your life. It's as simple as getting outside at least 15 minutes a day. And guess what? There's absolutely no pitch. So go ahead, click the link. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the All About Everest podcast. And today's episode is all about world records and how they relate to Mount Everest. I'm also going to talk about some of the records as it relates to the Seven Summits and the 14 8,000ers, why people chase these records, and how it is shaping what's going on on Mount Everest and in the Himalayas in general. But before I get to today's episode, there's truly two things that I need to address. Just a quick disclaimer, the next five minutes might be a little sensitive, so you may want to skip ahead to the seven-minute mark. So last week when I recorded on October 1st, you may have heard it during the episode's I was starting to lose my voice. I got extremely sick last week to the point where I couldn't even talk. I couldn't even whisper. And so on Friday, I started feeling better. October 6th, I felt well enough to go to work. And then I went to our local Chabad center to celebrate the last of the Jewish High Holy Days. As most of you know, I am Israeli-American, American-Israeli. It doesn't matter. Half and half. And I got home. I set my alarm. I was feeling so good that I was going to get up at 530 in the morning, get caught up on podcasts, writing and some other things that I had to do. I get up at 530. I grab my coffee. There are two headlines that met me on my phone. The very first one was 
a mountaineering headline that two female climbers who were on Shishapongma were buried with their climbing partners under avalanches. Gina Marie Richidlow and Anna Gutu both are American mountaineers and they were trying to complete the last of the 14,000ers and become the first female American to reach that accomplishment. And Shishapongma was the only one that they had left. Anna Gutu and her guide, Mingmar Sherpa, were buried in the first avalanche, and Gina Marie and Tenjin Lama Sherpa, they were buried in a second avalanche. Tenjin, just a couple months ago, he completed the record of being the fastest person along with Norwegian Kristen Harilla to scale all of the 14,000ers in 92 days. Blessed be their memory and they will not be forgotten. So that was pretty hard for me because again, the more I do this, the more I get connected to people. The second tragedy was I see a headline. I thought it was clickbait. I clicked on it and I discovered that Israel had been attacked. And I don't care what your politics are because this is not about politics. This is about human beings. 1,300 people, including babies, children, Holocaust survivors, parents, soldiers, police officers, first responders, dead over 1,300 and still counting, 200 kidnapped. No one knows if they're alive. Twin babies orphaned. And the only way they survived was because their parents hid them in a cabinet. A Holocaust survivor kidnapped. Whole families. And it doesn't matter what you believe in and who you support or it doesn't matter 1300 whole communities just destroyed futures pasts thousands thousands of young people at a rave being happy dancing being young and stupid and happy and so many dead, so many. I have lost several friends this week and many of my friends have lost family members. And even though my family is physically okay, the tragedy of this will haunt us for years to come. And you, you listeners, you know someone If you've been following this podcast, a couple months ago, I interviewed Aviad Sido, and he's about almost 20 years younger than me, and I served in the base that he did two decades ago. And his unit, which is a small unit, they've lost at least 15 people because they were the first ones to respond on Saturday. 
15 young people. So you know someone who, who's lost people. And if you've ever followed anything when it comes to Mount Everest, you've probably heard the story of Nadav Ben Yehuda, the Israeli that back in 2011, I'm sorry, 2012, he abandoned his summit attempt in order to save a fellow climber, a Turkish man. And Israel and Turkey don't always, don't always get along, but you know what? Nadav stopped and helped this man and saved his life. And Nadav lost his brother Itamar this last weekend. The devastation, the senselessness, and I don't even know how to describe it. All I know is this week has been a week of mourning, a week of mourning for my people and a week of mourning for the mountaineers that lost their lives and for their friends and family that are mourning them. That's what my Saturday looked like. October 7th, 2023. It is a day I will never forget. And so I beg each of you, keep everyone in your thoughts this week and in the coming weeks, all of them, those in the mountaineering community, those from Israel, keep all of them in your thoughts. All right, so enough with the sad parts. Let's get to some Everest updates. And also today's episode, I felt that because of this huge push and the discussions that have been had in the last couple of months when it comes to uh, Guinness World Records, that I felt that this would be the perfect time to discuss it on the podcast. Two quick updates about Mount Everest before I get to the rest of the episode. All right, three quick Everest updates. One is about Yost Kobish. The second is about the ski documentary team on the Tibetan side of Mount Everest with Jimmy Chen and Conrad Anker. And number three is Guy Cotter's new book that just came out, which you can only currently find in New Zealand. So on October 11th, Yost Kobish, he announced on his Facebook and Instagram that he has had to postpone his Everest expedition. We had him on the podcast a couple months ago. And what's unique about him is that he is attempting to summit Mount Everest in the wintertime solo. This coming December was going to be his third attempt. We were hoping to interview him from EBC. And unfortunately, he has an injury. He's not really sure what it is or he hasn't um, announced it, but there's something going on with his back. And so he's taking a break in order to focus on his health. What I like about him is that he's young and he's fun, so much fun to watch. I love following him on social media. And when he climbs, I enjoy following his tracker and his little updates and just his energy. 
he's just a joy to follow and watch in his mountaineering journey as he grows and achieves some pretty cool things. Um, his attempt back in the end of 2021, beginning of 2022 on Mount Everest, which we followed. It was one of the first couple of updates that I did when I started the podcast. He's just so much fun to watch. And so hopefully next year he will uh, try again. As he mentioned, he does this in the winter season. He does it by himself. He has no team or anything like that. He does it without oxygen. And his expedition runs from the end of December to about mid-February. So hopefully he gets well soon. Yoast, we're sending you all of the health and recovery vibes that we can. It looks like the expedition on the north side of Mount Everest, tentatively called the American Everest Ski Project with Jimmy Chin, Conrad Inker, and Jim Morrison. Um, they were planning on climbing the northern side of Mount Everest and skiing down the Hornbeam Cooler. And it has been canceled to the best of my knowledge. Now, they were having issues anyway from the very beginning with visas, permits, and things like that. And it looks like it was officially canceled. That's what I've gotten so far. Um, they were trying to make a documentary for my understanding, uh, for National Geographic. Jimmy Chen is known for his document documentaries and Conrad Anchor is, has been in several documentaries in general, but he is well known. He's kind of a rock star in the mountaineering world and a fellow Montanan. And then, of course, Jim Morrison with his skiing. I was really looking forward to this documentary because, as you guys know, I gobble up all of the documentaries and books that I can about Mount Everest. And it's time for a couple more to come out, hopefully, sooner rather than later. And it looks like it's not going to happen. Hopefully, they will be able to do it next year. I think a lot of it comes down to, again, visas and permits. China has been very weird since 2020 when it comes to those. And for the very last update, Guy Cotter from Adventure Consultants, his book has been released. Currently, it is only available for purchase in New Zealand, but it's called The Everest Mountain Guide, The Remarkable Story of a Kiwi Mountaineer. And we have had him on the podcast. He has an amazing story. He was, his mentor was Rob Hall, who died in the 1996 avalanche disaster. And Guy basically bought Adventure Consultants and has turned it into the company it is today. One of the best and safest expedition companies when it comes to Mount Everest and the Himalayas, and they also offer expeditions all over the world. 
His whole story is absolutely amazing. So if you live in New Zealand, do make sure to get the book. Let us know how it is. And hopefully uh, it will be available across the globe sooner rather than later. All right. So today's episode is all about the world records, how it pertains to Mount Everest, the Himalayas, and how it is changing the mountaineering culture. I felt there need to be a conversation about it because it is changing the mountaineering landscape. This whole thing about records and the first and the best and the, and I'm not the first person to discuss it because Ellen Arnett has brought it up a lot. Angela Benavides from Explorers Web has also brought it up. And it was kind of a theme that people have mentioned, especially what happened on Shishapongma this last week and some other tragedies in the last couple of years. So I figured it was time to share my opinion and my perspective and just talk about it in general because I don't think it's making mountaineering better. In fact, I think it's the opposite because of these records and people scrambling for them. I think it's putting people at risk. And so I thought it would be worth bringing up. And then also when it comes to records, Reinhold Messner, he just lost, and that is in quotes, lost two of them because of Eberhard's research. You know, 20 years this guy went and he researched and plotted GPS coordinates and took pictures and studied them. And a lot of people lost records. And so I also want to talk about how records can affect someone's achievements and what's more important the actual achievement or the record because this conversation it keep this topic keeps getting brought up time and time again especially since normal persia's nims day since his documentary of 14 peaks came out it seems that there people shooting for those records has been the priority in mountaineering, especially when it comes to Everest and the Himalayas, instead of the actual accomplishment and the quality of the mountaineering. Again, this is an opinion piece based off of information that I have collected, talking to people and things like that. When I was a kid during school, we would get these little paper booklets and you could order books from them in order to support your school. And so every year, one of the books that my mom would order for me was the Guinness Book of World Records. And I would leaf through them every single year, looking at all of the crazy records, all of the things that people achieved, you know, the 
first person to chew a hundred pieces of bubble gum standing on their head under one minute or, you know, things like that. And Mount Everest, there are a lot of records when it comes to it. The first person who attempted to summit Mount Everest, the person who has the most summits. There are so many different records and the longer people continue to climb it, it seems like those records are getting a little bit stranger and even more bizarre. On this podcast, we have interviewed several people that have records. Just to name a few of them, I interviewed Kami Rita Sherpa, who has summited Mount Everest the most times out of anyone in the world at 28 summits. Aviad Sido, the youngest Israeli to summit Mount Everest, and also the youngest vegan. And of course, we have Gabby that I interviewed, and she is the youngest South African as well as the youngest physician to summit Mount Everest. Lots and lots of records. Just to name a few of them, we have the first two people to summit Mount Everest were Tenzing Norgay and Sir Edmund Hillary. Uh, I already talked about Kami Rita Sherpa having the most summits. The Westerner with the most summits is Kenton Cool from the UK, and I believe it's 17. And then we also have the female with the most summits, Lakpa Sherpa. Those are just to name a few. There's the first American, the first female American, the first person to do it without oxygen. So many records. And it seems like since Nimsday came out with his 14 Peaks record, the people seeking records have just come out of the woodwork. Or maybe it's that people are more aware of it. Um, the highest tea party in the world on Mount Everest. The highest piano concert on Mount Everest. The youngest person to ski down. The youngest person from each country. The, I mean, to the point where the youngest vegan from each country. And people are actively seeking these records. And I truly believe that many of them are doing it in a way that not only puts them at risk, but puts others at risk as well. When you climb Mount Everest or any of the 8,000ers or any mountain for that matter, safety should always be a priority. And it seems that within the last couple of years, when the popular thing has become record bagging, not peak bagging, but record bagging, safety's kind of gone out the window. It started in 2019 um, with Nims Day doing his whole big thing when it comes to um, the 14,000ers, and it's kind of continued uh, when people are looking for these records, 
and some of them, as I've mentioned, are absolutely bizarre, you have people that really have no business being up there in the mountains, people with no experience whatsoever trying to bag that record. I'm not minimizing anybody's um, achievements at all when it comes to it because it's a personal choice and it's the expedition companies that they climb with that have chosen to take them with little or no experience, which we've interviewed on this podcast, some several people, especially in the last year, that have summited Mount Everest and they've had no 8,000er experience at all. And yet the expedition companies still let them hire them to take them up Mount Everest. These records should not be a priority when it comes to the mountains. It should be safety and also getting to the top because it is, you know, it costs a lot of money and usually people are working for years and years and years to reach this achievement. But what it comes down to is that these, because people are trying to get these records and in a second, I will talk to you a little bit about Shishapongma this last week because it's a prime example. It's kind of caused people to not think rationally when it comes to mountaineering. It's all about the record, not safety, not even getting to the top. And people will do anything maybe to complete that record, especially when it's unsafe. Oops, I may have accidentally said 14,000ers when it came to Nim's Day's record, and I meant the 14 8,000ers. So I'm going to give you two examples of how people have prioritized records compared to safety and other things. So there's two expeditions that I wanted to talk about. This is my personal perspective. I was not on either of these expeditions. I am now a mountaineer. This is based off of my research and reading other people's accounts of what happened on these mountains. So the first one I wanted to bring up was the September 2023 climbing season on K2. We had Muhammad Hassan's death and there were over a hundred people on that mountain. The majority of those people on K2, they were looking for records. Many, many, many of them are looking to get all of the 14 8,000ers. And Kristen and her team, that was their, their last one to get the record of the fastest time in achieving all of the 14 8,000ers. So Hassan died and... Most of the people who were there will say, well, it, all of these teams were trying to get to the top. I don't think that there's anyone that was specifically at, to blame for what happened. Um, I do believe that Kristen's team 
may have been the only ones that stopped to help. However, too many people seemed to prioritize getting to the top versus stopping. And is that drive because they were looking for the record? I truly think that it was because I would say 90% of the people on that mountain, they're trying to get those records. And when it comes to the Himalayas, there's still a lot of records left when it comes to the 14,000ers. You've got the fastest without oxygen, which hasn't happened yet. Most countries don't even have anyone that has had that record or even come close to it. And that brings me to the second expedition, which was this uh, one a week ago on Shishapangma. Both American females, this was their last mountain. It was all about the record. They didn't seem to care about safety. Um, Anna, she fell in that first avalanche and was buried. Gina, who was circumventing her and taking a slightly different route, put her whole team at risk by continuing. There were already warning signs. Um, from what I've heard, there were other expeditions that the minute they saw that Anna was caught in the avalanche, they chose to reevaluate, whereas Gina continued. Also, and this is a trend, I believe swapping out your Sherpas. Most people who do these records, they will climb with the same climbing partner. Whether it's another Westerner, whether it's a Sherpa, most people will always climb with the same person. It's because there's they're a team, they're usually in sync, and apparently Gina decided to swap out her climbing partner for Tenjen because he was faster and she was hoping that she would be Anna to the top of K2 in order to get the record for the first American female to collect all of the 14,000ers. Most of the people on Shishapangma, they have said, including people on both sides, that there was a very toxic competition and it very well may have been the main reason why both of these women died because they threw caution to the wind in order to try to get that record. Looking at the last couple of years, not only on Mount Everest, but in the Himalayas in general, I truly do believe that people care more about the records than they do the mountaineering, the actual mountaineering, the actual process, the achievements. They've lost respect for those around them. And honestly, the style of climbing for the, a lot of people that are looking for those records is kind of questionable to me. I've brought it up in the past. I've even asked you guys, do you find it cheating when someone uses helicopters? And every time I've asked this question, you guys have said the majority has said, yes, they believe that it's cheating. And that's where it comes down to the quality of mountaineering when it comes to the records. People are kind of 
relying on helicopters and um, other state-of-the-art, not necessarily gear, but um, they're trying to acclimatize in a non-traditional way. So by using non-traditional methods, instead of caring about the environment, the safety of others, and the quality of their climb, right? Because for me, I look at the quality. I really do think that it's not only changing the face of mountaineering, but it really is putting people at risk. And I want to know if you're on Spotify, leave me, leave me a message, leave me a comment. I want to know if you guys think that seeking these records is causing a negative impact on climbing. I know Ellen's opinion and there's other people who have opinions out there. Do your research. But for me, I think that this is a very negative thing when it comes to mountaineering, that these records are creating a chaos, a very negative atmosphere, and not that it's a cause of anyone dying, but I do believe that it's causing the mountains to be even more unsafe. And I don't know when people will stop. It seems like every single record that someone achieves, someone's got to do it bigger and better and faster. And I don't really think that that's the smarter or the safer decision. So go ahead, leave me a comment, shoot me a message, contact me on social media. I really do want to know what your opinion is. I will uh, leave a poll on Spotify if you want to answer that as well. Again, I am so sorry that this episode and the next two ones are late. It has been a really hard week and my thoughts and prayers are with those in Israel, both in the Gaza Strip and also in Israel, all of those civilians I had a bunch of interviews scheduled last weekend when both of these tragedies happened, the one on Shish and also in Israel, and I've had to reschedule those. Uh, Some of the people I had to reschedule, it might be a while because right now people are climbing Annapurna and, um, oh gosh, I can't remember the other one, but it, you know, the mountaineering season, it changes. There's a season for every mountain. That sounds like a song or maybe a t-shirt, you know, a season for every mountain. Next episode, I want to talk about one of the biggest and baddest mountaineers out there, Reinhold Messner. So he's going to be the topic of next episode. So until next time, climb your own climb. See ya. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the All About Everest podcast. 
we would love it if you would rate, subscribe, and follow wherever you listen to your podcast. You can find us on social media at All About Everest Podcast or at Mama Bear Outdoors. You can support our podcast by subscribing to our Patreon or by buying us a coffee. Until next time.